You're listening to the Spawn on Me podcast with your host, the captain, Khalif Adams, the Baron of Bourbon, Cicero Holmes, and the man who makes everything look good, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. Welcome to Bricago, y'all. Welcome, everybody, to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What up, everybody in Bricago? I hope you are doing well. I hope you are having a wonderful week. I hope everything is going as smoothly as possible in your lives and in your in your workspaces, in your Met Gala uh, costumes that you may be rocking right now in real life, uh, because we saw that everyone was dressed to the nines uh, this past week uh, doing all that dope stuff. Uh, Again, thank you, everybody, for checking out the show last week. uh, We had a dope show with John Phillips uh, over uh, from uh, the Super Deformed Games cast rocking with us last week. He was fantastic, as usual. Uh, He was talking a whole bunch of truth and making sure that everybody was scared out in them streets. Uh, So that means all the folks who we probably cussed out on the non-radio version of the show. (laughs) So if you want to check that out, make sure to go over to our podcast feeds and listen to all that wonderfulness over there. We have a wonderful guest on our show this week. We are hanging out with the one and only Mike Robles. How are you doing, sir? How's everything going? It's good. I am excellent. I joke because I'm working again and I've been out of work for a little while and it's just great to be back in video games and back at Microsoft, sort of where my community manager career took off. Because I've been I've been doing this for like like eleven twelve years now, and uh, it's yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's going great. And like I did a bunch of stuff before going to Microsoft, but Microsoft is where I gained a ton of knowledge, and I'm back at Microsoft, and it's awesome. Shout out to all my Xbox and Microsoft fam. They are consistently and constantly killing it out here, making dope moves all over the place. I'm sure that we will hear and see and talk about most of that stuff when E3 drops as well. But the one thing that they did that was really smart was picking you back up. That was a smart and very, very ingenious move by the wonderful folks over at Microsoft. What are you doing over there right now uh, that, you, that you can talk about? Uh, yeah, I, I, I can talk about some stuff. I am the community manager for, right now, Crackdown 3. Uh, I came in and started the week it launched. It was like, hey, Mike, welcome. Here's your friend Jen, who you know, who helped me uh, come back on the team. And they were like, you're going to help her launch Crackdown 3. And it's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so I dove right into that. Crackdown 3 launched, and it went flawlessly. Everybody loved it. It's still a great game. We're still pumping out content for that. Uh, and then I'm also yeah. now working on Ori and the Will of the Wisp uh, and the Ori franchise. So, you know, it's, everybody's excited for the sequel to Ori. Everybody's really happy. Everybody wants to see the sequel to Ori. And so I will be supporting that game uh, when it needs to, when, when, it, when it's going to launch. Nice, nice, nice. I know. I mean, I got a chance to check out some of that stuff last year at E3. And it's, it's super exciting to see the kind of um, uh, story that they're trying to tell in that game and and, and definitely what they're kind of building up to uh, with the sequel. I'm super excited to see what you all are going to do uh, when you can talk about that stuff more and how you, you'll be able to kind of showcase and 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 pull all the, all the rabbits out of the hats uh, when it comes to uh, showcasing that stuff. So super excited about that. Um, I kind of want to dig into a little bit about you and your past and how you got into the industry. Like CM work is not a thing. Community manager work. I, I don't want to just use the, the Internet uh, gaming jargon that we all know and talk about. But community management is a very difficult job. It comes along with lots and lots of different versions of skills that you need to have to be a good CM. Uh, you have to have a deft hand when it comes to talking with the wonderful folks, not only behind the scenes, but in the public and press. 
what made you want to get into CM work? What was the thing that kind of drove you to uh, uh, do this, this side of it? Uh, so I've always been sort of like an early adopter of social media. And I was working at Warner Brothers. And I was at the same time helping my Seattle local theater improv troupe sort of like build up their audience using their Facebook page and using social media. And my cube mate sat next to me and was like, hey, you're really good at the social media and talking to people and like coming up with like cool content ideas for uh, for you know the audience. Have you ever thought about going to community management? And I was like, well, no, what's that? She's like, well, let me introduce you to what community management is. And she sort of gave me like a quick rundown. And uh, there was an open position for community manager at Wizards of the Coast. And I was like, I played Magic the Gathering in a high school. Like I, I still kind of, I still kind of play now. Yeah. And I went in having very little experience and I talked to my boss, my boss uh, that was there was like, he's like, you know what? And he told me this after I got hired. He's like, there were people there that had more skills than you, but nobody brought the passion that you brought and nobody brought the excitement that you brought. And that's, you can see that in every community management role I've done and I've been in. I'm just, I'm a very excitable person. I am yeah, like I joke, like, you know, you got to be the hype man for this thing. And I, I like to get as excited for the, for whatever product it is as the audience gets, you know, I'm, I'm a gamer. I've been you know gaming since I was eight years old. So I know, you know, what I like versus what I don't like when I, when I was working at wizards of the coast and magic, the gathering, I purposely wouldn't look at uh, card spoilers until we got closer to the set launch because the developers had seen the cards for two years before they were going to really be released to the public eye. So they were bored of them already. And I was like, I don't, I don't want that. I want to be just as excited when the community sees it. I want to, <laughs> I want to feel their excitement. Um, and that's sort of the, what I, what I've brought to everything. And, you know, I, I get to see some things now early, you know, on games I'm working on or games I've worked on. And, and to, and so now I get that point where I'm not bored of the game, but I'm excited to see what you're going to see. Right. I'm like, Oh, Oh, I can't wait to show you guys this when this drops. Like, mm. Oh, you guys are going to love it type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge part of the, of the process, right. Is like one being able to kind of, um, be behind the scenes and understand the marketing side of the conversation. You know, how do you want to build up the excitement and the hype around a game while also, you know, dealing in and, and kind of, uh, massaging the egos of all the folks that are around you on a consistent basis, uh, because those Venn diagrams are right. fairly huge. What are some of the, what are some of the kinds of, um, things that you have found out in the time that you started the process, because I think everybody goes into that kind of work blind to a certain extent. What's been the things that you've seen in the initial parts of you working in this field? And now that you've become a vet and you're in the space for a while, you know, what are the things now that you're seeing where you're like, oh, that's a mistake I might have made, you know, two or three years ago. Now I see how the things work and how I can actually uh, make those things. You know, it's funny you say uh, you say things like, oh, you're a vet. And I still feel that social media and even community management is still in its infancy. We're con we're still learning. There were things that I did at Wizards of the Coast that I got in trouble right. for when it came to like certain tweets or certain jokes or something that that account is doing now. And I see the, what they're doing now, and I'm like, all right, they've like they've grown, right? <laughs> I've grown. There are things where you know I would just run off and do something, and not and not you know I would I would beg forgiveness rather than ask permission. And now I'm like, well, maybe maybe I should go talk to somebody first. Yeah. Maybe maybe I should go and and get the right person. <laughs> you know, there are there are times where you see you know hot takes that maybe you really shouldn't be having. You know, there are some brands that are attempting to do you know, the hot take would be the edgy brand. And I'm like, clearly they have nobody above them. Right. And they're, they're, 
they're doing what they can to try and sort of stand out and be edgy and that may work for them but sometimes it's just a bad look you know and so it's one of those things where i i think adaptability is key especially in this job there's always some new social media platform there's always some new meme that you got to be ready to to make your own there's always going to be um you know some new hot take we like you joked about the met gala right like if I wasn't on Twitter all day today, I would have no idea what you're talking about. But I've been there looking at some of these outfits and looking at some of these things. You know, there yeah. was I don't I don't watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> but on Saturday's Saturday Night Live, I understood every single reference they were making fun of during Saturday Night Live when they were joking about Game of Thrones because I had because I'm, you know, versed in internet. Right, right, right. I, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that's a good point. I I, I kind of want to flip that into a question. One of the things when I was looking for CM positions that I was a little bit worried about was there is this space where I feel like to be a good CM or to be really good at a job like that, where you have to kind of have your finger on the pulse of all the things that's happening, you kind of can't disconnect <laughs> is, in, yeah. in, in ways or you have to. Yeah, like it's it's hard to disconnect or feel like, you know, if you're not specifically on top of everything that you're potentially missing out on content that you can use for your brand or for a product that you're kind of promoting. What's been the what's been the kind of um tactic tactics that you've used to both kind of make sure that you're maintaining your own mental health for keeping, you know, some of those things separate, but also continuing to be like in the mix when it comes to most of the things that we see that pop up on a regular basis that may be here tomorrow and gone the next. Right. So luckily for me, being in improv and having to do improv shows, you know, two times a week, uh, every week, we were doing short form improv comedy. You know, we'd get, we, we would use a short game like you'd see on whose line it is anyways. And it was one of those things where I had to be aware of all pop culture references for improv so that I can make some joke about what happened that week. You know, it's the reason SNL and shows like South Park stayed fresh because South Park, you know, they do, they animate an entire show and record it in six days. So they're able to stay fresh on top of that stuff. SNL is changing jokes that mm. week. Um, improv was the same way. And so there's, uh, I luckily am already just a media junkie. Like part of being a community manager means you're almost always on Twitter and Facebook. So I see the memes come through. I actually spend a lot of time playing video games. and I, I disconnect and sort of take a break from the world uh, by jumping into video games. And that's, that's sort of how I mm. sort of, it's, it's funny. I'll play a game of like Call of Duty Black Ops 4 to relax or jump online in Mortal Kombat 11 to relax, you know, and I'll, I'll play games that other people <laughs> don't really consider relaxing, but that's how I relax. That's how I, you know, take my break is, is video games. I feel like we we're kindred spirits <laughs> in that way because I am the same way. Like I will play some really stressful stuff that other people find super stressful and it really just like relaxes me. Like I used to play a bunch of Paragon before I went to bed. I used to play a bunch of like, like you said, Mortal Kombat right now was my thing before I go to bed, like get a couple rounds in. It's such an interesting thing to hear it's, other people it's crazy. say like, yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. My wife's been like, I don't know that you actually like Call of Duty. I'm like, why? She's like, because I hear you cussing up a storm and getting mad. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am getting mad, but it's relaxing. I can fall right to sleep now. It's just, but you know, that's, that's me. I love those kind of games. Yeah. I'm, I'm in that same boat. It's, it's just difficult when you have to then, like when you take that energy 
sometimes outside of the the kind of game arena and you bring it back into like the regular home that thing has been difficult like i know that i've been sometimes super cussy and like throwing not throwing stuff but just like irked at the game itself and then i need like 10 minutes to like not talk to people (laughs) i'm just like you i need to not not talk to anybody for like 10 minutes so i can get my myself together and not think about how badly performed or how 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 i have determined that the game has cheated me and yeah i have a i have a two-year-old and sometimes he'll say things he's not supposed to and be like whoops someone heard dada playing call of duty (laughs) yep it's like yep you gotta you gotta (laughs) the babies understand yeah yeah he does yeah yeah so what's that been in terms of having a better understanding i think of what gamers are kind of looking for when it comes to the ideas around hype and the ideas around being excited for a thing. Like I know that, you know, we as gamers and press and and people who have been on the inside now for a couple of years have a very different kind of bubble that we're all in all on a consistent basis. Do you feel like you're getting good feedback from folks on a consistent basis, you know, in your real life or just on the internet? from folks who are not necessarily in those spaces, but have good feedback for you that you can kind of push in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, it's kind of hard, especially when it comes to massive gaming communities as a whole. Right. So the Ori community is a great example. Ori in the blind forest, uh, has one of the most heartfelt communities I have ever gotten to work with. They love everything about Ori. We get the most amazing stories in our Facebook messages and our Twitter DMS. And people are like, you know, here's this artwork I created for your game. We don't even ask for it. They're just like, take this piece of art that we created for you. And it's amazing. And then we'll have someone that be like, your game sucks. It needed a sword and a gun. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> right. So I think, and I, and I honestly think there's that sort of, there's that sort of community everywhere. You know, you and I are talking about Mortal Kombat, right? It's the new hotness. I've been playing it basically nonstop since launch, uh, grinding away, trying at the, trying to open up everything in the crypt. But it's one of those things where I see people online and they're like, this game is great for this reason. And then there's another small subset of group that's like, this game sucks for all of these reasons. And like, it's it's almost split down the middle right. and it's it's sort of hard to find it. And the hardest part about being any community manager is figuring out what is feedback, what is like legit feedback versus what is, you know, somebody who just doesn't like something in their game. Yeah. Is that is that I mean, I guess that that's a, a skill that you just amass after doing it for a fairly long amount of time right yeah one of the biggest things that i've that i've imparted on every single community manager that i've ever come in contact with especially when they're starting out is i have to often tell them that the vocal voice does not necessarily represent the majority because that is something that i think even a lot of game devs uh sort of take to heart they're like this one guy on our forum hates the game and we're like yeah that's one guy that hates your game Look at the 45 <laughs> other messages from people that love your game. And they're like, no, but no, but this one guy. And we're like, don't worry about the one guy who's super vocal, right? So I think that's one of the hardest things to do as a community manager is is not listen to, you know, the the vocal uh, the vocal voice because, you know, there, there's probably a billion other people out there that feel the opposite. And they just, you know, don't feel like shouting into a void. Yeah, I, I guess that's a question that I have for folks when, like, I remember we had a uh stephanie tinsley on the show a couple of episodes ago who is fantastic on the pr side she is amazing i follow her on twitter and she is just 
she's she's awesome. I, lo- I love her to death. She's fantastic, and she's one of the most down to earth folks on the planet. So it makes it even even more dope when you get a chance to talk to her. And I, and I, one of the questions I asked her was, you know, do you get a chance to talk to other folks in your in your job role, and and do you get a chance to kind of commiserate? And and have those conversations with each other, so that you can um, so that you can kind of build up, you know, your all your your all encompassing uh, way of talking to other folks who are in the who are in the space too. Like, basically, is there a support group for CM somewhere there. <laughs> that's like, hey, I have learned this thing over the years of me doing this work. Here are some tips that I can offer up to other folks in the space, so that. They understand that they're not alone, and also they have some more uh, tools in their toolbox. There are surprisingly a large amount of Facebook groups and discords dedicated to community managers sort of being there for one another, um, and they're great resources. A lot of things you're saying right now, and this is what a lot of brand new community managers are learning, and this is, this is going to make me sound like an old grizzled vet, is a lot of times companies that don't necessarily understand what a community manager is are hiring content creators that are and they're like oh you you can you've harnessed your own community that must mean you know community management go and and mm. these content creators are like yeah this is great i can do this thing and they're like oh, great we'll show us our metrics show us our roi show us our kpi and the content creators just sitting there staring like doe-eyed and we see those questions <laughs> come in all the time on these groups in this discord and they're like i was a youtuber that got hired by this company please help Right. And so that's, mm. you know, there's there's a lot more than just creating dank memes, as the, as the kids say, <laughs> as the youth say <laughs> out there in the world. I mean, it's it's a totally different ball of wax, right, where it is very, very metrics based and it's very, very much so getting the sentiment from the campaigns that you're running and sharing and getting all that information and data back and saying, OK, well, we've done this work. How can we capitalize on the things that we missed, or right? Things that we that we haven't well, had. What, what's what's the conversation? It's so that? difficult because it's like, okay, you made this tweet. Show me, show me in your data where this tweet equaled the game purchases, and you're just like, uh, it got 45 likes in two minutes, right? So it is <laughs> incredibly difficult, and that's the hardest part. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of companies struggle with is trying to figure out, well, how is your social media going to help us make money? And you know, it's it's one of those things where you know, for certain games, I'm like, hey, we launched this piece of DLC or this new content pack. Here's when I tweeted. Can I see the timestamps from this weekend of when stuff was purchasing and see if that correlates to when a tweet went out or mm. when a Facebook post went out? And well, it may not, you know, and or and that's sort of when you have to try to figure out, okay, was this a direct result from us bo- boosting on social media? It's interesting and it's something that I think. Is still very hard to find. I think relying on sentiment uh, is is a really good part, and that and that goes a yeah. lot more than finding out. Oh, did this tweet mean somebody bought our game? Yeah, it's it's one of the things I love talking to folks on the inside is about tools, right? I know as a podcaster and a person who has done some of that work, you know, kind of in a freelance capacity and and for the show. I'm constantly looking for new tools that will help me to kind of grow sentiment and also let me pull down some analytics that will let me be able to, you know, do that work on on our end. Are, are there any tools that you find that you really love to use 
uh, that su- are super helpful and, and and stuff that maybe other folks out in the world can use too? Uh, there's a lot that are out there. I'm trying to think of what I, I know. Th- I know we have one that we use at Microsoft, but I don't know if it's a proprietary tool or not. <laughs> so I don't want. Oh, okay. I'm no to use the name. But like, who knows? I may end up going and doing a search when as soon as we get done here. I'm like, oh, it's totally public. But there's still surprisingly a lot of stuff that really helps out. Like Twitter actually. Um, has some pretty decent analytics considering they don't have a listening tool. Um, but there are, a, you can actually just look up sentiment listening tools. And I know, I feel like sprinkler was, was a good one. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I'm just, I'm trying to think of like all of the, every time I jump into a new, a new community manager role, it's always like, Oh, we use this or, Oh, we use this one. And it's always something new I have to learn. Yeah. 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 And I, and I definitely just threw you th- threw you to the wolves right there with that last question. <laughs> that was a very on the spot question. So I, you, you are absolved from having a, a specific answer on that one. So that's totally like, like every, every role um, I've worked at has used some different tool. That's where it's like, I, I have you used this before. And my answer is always probably. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that. Right. And I feel like that's the thing is like, it's not just one. It tool, is, yeah. Right? It's because it's, not yeah it's like a multi-suite of things that you feel will do very specific things for very specific yes. purposes and that that stuff is always yep. really cool so i know you also besides being a wonderful cm in the world you also were into the content creator space as well on twitch right yeah i've done a a, a number of things uh being uh being sort of out and about and sort of man about town as you said and, and you know it's as, as much as i'm stuttering here because i'm on a podcast i do actually have a pretty decent hosting experience and public speaking persona i've gotten to do an awful lot of stuff um and so for a while i was streaming and doing content creation um you know our good friend jackbox chick and the mommy gamers i've, I've done a bunch of podcasts with her we actually had our shout out to them. yeah we actually had our own little side show we were doing uh called the m&m show uh from mike for from, yeah <laughs> nice. from mike and marcia um i was actually the host of a twitch game show uh it was a, it was a live competitive cooking show that featured live voting um using twitch extent wait what it was, was awesome that? it was i don't remember it was it, 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 it i was doing it towards the end of last year this dude uh tapped me he was like hey i want you to come host the show for me um i had just gotten laid off from the cryptocurrency company i was in by the way never go work in cryptocurrency because they <laughs> they they laid off 70 percent of their workforce um and oh. I, like i was like yep i need money because i just lost this amazing paying gig that i had uh and so it was a live cooking show that he built a twitch extension where voting happened live and so he built oh, he bought out and built a kitchen in this like studio and it was awesome the concept was fantastic the downside was uh he was not a twitch person so so he Ah, couldn't understand he thought we were gonna launch and just blow up and we were like that's not how twitch works and he was like no but he's like but our content (laughs) is good enough we're like the content is good enough it still needs to grow organically and he was he was a very smart man when it came to the idea for sure the execution however you know we ended up we kept changing things things kept rotating things kept you know, faltering. Eventually, he just had to be like, you know what? I can't afford to do this show anymore because he was, he was. It was like thirty grand a month to keep the show up and running. Um, oh my you know, god! Because you know, we had to pay for the host, pay for the equipment, pay for the space, uh, pay for the food because yeah. we were using you know fresh ingredients, right? Because it's yeah. yeah. And so, but the idea was fan. Fantastic! It was amazing. It was such a cool idea, and I am so sad that it didn't blow up the way we all hoped it would have. Um, 
but so you know I, I was doing that contribution i was also streaming on my own uh i've sort of i took a break when i when i went back to microsoft because i'm trying to get a full-time job uh you know and then uh my wife tifa she actually just went back to microsoft as well so now it's trying to figure out this like when can i get back into streaming luckily the the xbox uh live streaming channels uh need hosts you know uh so i'm usually on streaming for xbox uh, at least once a week uh since i've been back at microsoft uh which has been just a total blast because you know i get to i get to stream and play games and interact with the chat and have fun i can't be as salty as i am when i'm playing call of duty on my own (laughs) channel but i still have a great time and i'm super thankful to to alex judd and uh the xbox team for letting me come out and and host the show and 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 hang out with them and do that stuff but it's you know before then i was definitely doing the you know working the studio i'd be in the studio five days a week prepping for a show i'd come home and put my kiddo to sleep and as soon as he went to sleep come downstairs and stream for a couple hours and then you know do it all the next day um yeah and i, and I found that balance by only limiting myself to two hours a night because I, I wasn't i was never streaming to make money right i was never streaming to to yeah. to try to make any sort of money i would do it for two hours because that would allow me to you know if i got a couple of subs or somebody tossed a couple of bits my way you know i can justify doing it for just two hours a night um you know twice a week yeah nothing nothing crazy nothing yeah. where i had to be up five days a week um like some do there you know i know plenty of people with full-time jobs are still streaming four or five days a week and it's it's insane i couldn't do it honestly i couldn't do it i give people massive props who are able to do it because i know that i have i haven't tried to go full full hog yet in terms of trying to stream like that because my brain is wiped out after my my nine to five job like and then also like right yeah my wife yeah at some point i got a two-year-old and but it makes kids Kids need attention, yeah, apparently. Right? This is news to me. I would have known had I known. <laughs> Yo, kid, yeah. I can't talk to you right now. I yeah, hey, hang on, together. hang on. Dad is, dad is um, in the tower right now. Be back, be back in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, shorty. These alerts ain't working. You got to calm that down. <laughs> Stop making all that yeah. noise on my stream. Um, but it, but it's, <laughs> but it's really dope to hear that you kind of like jumped into that part of the pool. And also at some point after this show, we need to talk about that cooking show. Cause I had an, I have an idea that's super aligned <laughs> sure, with something yeah. like that. Anyway, we need, we need to talk about that for real, for real. But I feel like that uh, as well gives you a very specific insight into what those folks are looking at when they're in the process of streaming, trying to grow their channel, you know, how they're being perceived by folks who are in the um, uh, the PR and, and marketing side from from companies. What are some of the things that you might have seen as terms of um, uh, when you have streamed and when you've been in part of the, the, the streaming culture that you feel has made you a better CM? Uh, honestly, it's knowing how to... It, it, Quite honestly, it's helped uh, me multitask, right? I watch I watch streamers that are either so focused on the game or so focused on the chat that they're ignoring the game. Being able to talk, to carry on a conversation with someone, you know, uh, open up a Facebook message, be on Facebook, Twitter, and on a stream all at the same time, right? It's sort of one of those things where, and I think this is where my wife says my ADD just does incredibly well is i can have three different conversations at the same time when it comes to uh being a cm because you're gonna get pulled in so many different directions especially when it comes to hey mike we need you to 
go into Facebook and answer these questions. Hey, Mike, we need you to check out what's happening on Twitter. Hey, Mike, I need you to come jump on stream real fast and talk about this game, right? You need to be ready for anything at any point in time. Uh, you know, Mike, we just got this. Uh, like, actually, uh, Ori <laughs> had their birthday the other day, and they were like, hey, uh, today's a very special day because this is Ori's birthday. And I had no idea. So I had to scramble to to try to find images, write a tweet, get it approved by everybody and be like, all right, yo, this is what we need. This is what's going out. I need to do this like in the next hour and a half so that it, you know, we've hit peak Twitter time on social media. Um, Cause I was like, if we wait until later, yeah. we're going to miss our, our window. Um, and so I think, being able to stream, and if you're streaming and you've got in a crazy setup and you've got your alerts and you've figured out how to do all these things, you're going to be pretty well equipped to be community manager because you'll be like, oh, a bunch of windows. I can easily – it's sort of like that beautiful mind. You can look at all of those windows that you have open and all those tabs you have open on your computer <laughs> and just see everything clearly. Yeah. It, it definitely does help. I've seen a lot of folks who I know who are streamers now who have made that transition to the other side of the industry and it is it has been really cool to see them figure that stuff out in real time. And then also, you know, them kind of either have left that side of the, the community where they have no they're no longer doing content creation or now they're doing both and seeing how well they're doing in those spaces and, and, and kind of combining all those skills into one. Um, it's been it's been super dope to be able to see that that stuff kind of work. Are there any are there any folks in the uh cm side of the game that you when you think about people who you're like i want to not emulate the careers that they've that they've built but like folks who are in the space you're like these are folks who are doing this really really well and you appreciate the work they're doing oh my goodness talk about putting me on the spot because i'm gonna like not talk about someone and they're gonna be all butthurt and somebody else will be like no i can't believe You can blame me. You can blame it all on me. It's my fault. Uh, yeah, the the first name that comes to mind is Andy Salisbury because that guy did a really good job coming from Warner Brothers and sort of being his like Warner Brothers and monolith, and he was sort of like the behind the scenes guy who ended up sort of becoming a community manager by accident for Warner Brothers and and monolith, and then went over to Mixer, right? Like Josh Stein picked him up, and Josh Stein picked him up and helped him, uh, you know become the community manager for mixer and so that's somebody that i think really sort of like stands out to me it's like they're doing they're doing great work with what they're doing um you know stein himself is clearly you know xbox whole hog right he's he's bleed green mm-hmm. till he dies right and that's someone who's who whose lifestyle i can appreciate because he's you know you look at the guy and he's always he's He's always got a smile on his face. You run into him. I've I've seen him both inside a, a convention where he's busting his butt, and I've seen outside his convention where he's like, you know what? I need like a minute, and then he like that's all that's all he needs to recharge. <laughs> right? That's it. That's all he and he's yeah. back, and he's like, yo, let's do this. Um, you know, so those two guys yeah. I think over on the mixer team are doing great work. I just know I'm gonna forget tons of people. There, there's it's there's totally people fun. that are not even in the community manager side, but they're that are doing things right. Um. Uh, oh crap! I'm just—I'm totally blank. Uh, Sean Baptiste, right? Somebody who yes. is doing amazing work. He did great work working with community managers, working with influencers and content creators at Adult Swim, mm-hmm. and now he's doing the same thing for Bethesda, and he's killing it over there. He's doing such yeah. good work, um, you know. And he's—he's he's somebody that's on the other side of that. That I think is somebody that community managers, community management is marketing, it's PR, it's community, it's you know all of those. You weren't 
front yeah pumpkin, and i think if stuff. you if you're looking at how you can go from community into something bigger taking a look at somebody like uh like sean baptiste i think is a really good uh example yeah shout out to sean shout out to to, to andy and shout out to josh especially and, and not gonna say especially josh <laughs> but especially josh because josh has such a really fantastic come up story like i know his background of just being like, I was an intern busting my butt and doing all the stuff. And now he's like the head head person that you think of when you, when you kind of look at mixer from a public perspective in that way. And it's been so fantastic to see all those folks kind of bust their butts and get into really dope spaces. So we got to make sure we get Sean and, and, and Andy and, and Josh at some point on spawn on me and get them on here and talking about all the wonderful stuff they're doing. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick music break over here on xray.fm on spawn on me radio. Check this out right about here. White shirt, now red, my bloody nose sleeping Yeah, on your tippy toes creeping Around like no one knows, think you're so criminal Bruises on both my knees for you, don't say thank you Oh please, I do what I want when I'm wanting to My soul, so cynical so you're a tough guy, like you're really rough guy Just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type Make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type I'm the bad guy Duh Thank you so much for checking out that track. That was Bad Guy from Billy Ellish. 
uh, super dope track that my man Mike shouted out and put me on to, who also has an amazing uh, uh, taste in music. So I did not know of this song prior to our conversation this evening, but that's some dope stuff right there. I like that. I, I, listen, I listen to a lot of everything. Like I said, it, that's 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 normally, the first time I heard that song, I was like, oh, this isn't a song I'd really be into. But then I got like this really sinister vibe and I was like, oh, oh, this sounds awesome. Like I listen, because <laughs> I listen, like the last couple albums I bought were, uh, I bought uh, Eat the Elephant by A Perfect Circle. Um, but then I also purchased like the Crow soundtrack record store day happened not too long ago. And I had the, nice. and I got like the Crow soundtrack at Disco Disney, uh, the breaking, <laughs> you know, uh, just the gamut of just random stuff. So I, and it's, it also helps. They also had a baby shark LP, uh, a little oh, se- no. seven inch. And I got it to teach my son like uh, about vinyl. I'm like, look, this is how we put it on. We're very gentle with it. And he, you know, he, he's it's, I'm sort of going to teach him early about like getting into vinyl and stuff so that when, uh, when he gets older, he can start collecting vinyl too, just like his old man. <laughs> so now, so now he, he's going to rock baby shark on, on an LP. And then, by the time that he's four, you got to get him some twelve hundred so that he can start DJing. That'd be I'd be all about that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, always, get him some I always wanted to be a DJ. So if he if he were going to start being a DJ, I'd like he'd live vicariously through him and then keep those paychecks until he got until he became of age. <laughs> It's like this is going into your DJ trust fund, yeah. which is something that you would never hear two <laughs> words ever go together, two phrases at all. Um, besides, besides that part of the game, um, I know that we have both been playing a bunch of stuff, uh, in the past month. I'm sure that you have been playing a lot of things as well. So many things. Uh, what are some, what are some of the things that you've been playing? What is some of the games you've been kind of digging into? So I, uh, I, I stream, I got to stream, uh, Devil May Cry 5 for, for launch week. Like Xbox was like, Hey, mm. come stream Devil May Cry 5 for launch week. I was like, yeah. And so I got it, uh, you know, I got it the day before we were going to stream it. Um, I came in the next day and I was like, you know, with my co-host Ray, I was like, hey, what's up, man? How far did you get? He's like, oh, I didn't touch the game. I was like, dude, Alex. I was like, Alex, how far did you get? He's like, oh, I didn't get a chance to play it. They're like, and they both look at me like, how far did you get? I was like, I got to level eight. I was like, I got to chapter eight last night. And they're like, the game's only like 20 chapters long. I was like, yeah, I, I was up really late. And so I, after we streamed, I went home. I beat it that weekend. Like I played and beat Devil May Cry 5 in a weekend. Yeah. I was. You're a madman. My kid would go to sleep. That's the thing. My kid goes to sleep at like nine every night, and I and I yeah. play games until around midnight or one a.m. Right, and that's that's like that's dad's time to play games and relax. But Devil May Cry Five, I just couldn't put it down, so I, I played and beat that. Um, I Mortal Kombat Eleven dropped, and I'm a huge fighting game fan, so I've just been playing a ton of MK Eleven. Like I said, I've basically been playing it nonstop uh, since that uh, that that took over me playing Apex Legend. I was playing Apex Legend every oh. night because um, my brother has it as well, and so we jump on at late, and like him and I will team up and we'll play. Uh, but Mortal Kombat 11 dropped, and I've played nothing since. Oh, we have to play Apex and MK, because those two right now are my jams. And it's like Apex has, has quickly been uh, surpassed by MK, because I'm a huge MK fan. We talked about this on uh, one of the uh, previous episodes this, uh, this month, or I'm sorry, last month, and... I'm telling you, man, like it is taking over my life at this point. I come home, I jump on, I'm like, check the store, yep. see if there's anything good in the store. Then hit my hit my towers, get in the towers, stack some cheese, <laughs> see how many things I can get, run my AI battles, and then dip into the crypt before I go to bed. It's like this right. 
that's the exact same thing I do. I was looking, I was looking, you know, you look at your combat card and it's like, oh, well, you've played. And it's like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, I've played about 20 hours since launch. And it's like, well, Mortal Kombat, yep. the AI has played maybe about 18 of those hours. <laughs> it's so and, funny. And I'm like, and I've maybe spent about two actually playing the game. I was like, and that two hours is going through the crypt and unlocking stuff. Oh, my goodness. Who, who are your, your mains right now? Who are the folks that you're rocking with? Uh, in terms of right now, uh, it's Noob. I'm rocking Noob Saibot. Okay. Um, I'm really digging his combos. I really want to learn either Jackie Briggs or Centurion. Mm. Centurion looks like she's so fun to play, and it's one of those things where I want to take the time to lab either one of those two and play them, but I'm so busy grinding towers oh my God. that I don't do anything else. It's so bad. I have no, like, I've played two online matches. And that has basically been it. Been it. I've been labbing with Raiden since nice. day one, and I have not stopped labbing with Raiden. Like I, I kind of skipped over and moved over to. Um, I've been trying to learn Jax, and because Jax is fantastic this year, yeah. Uh, Garrus as well has been really surprising about how good and strong that character has been. But it, I, I just feel it feels weird trying to get back into the lab with a new character. Yeah. Because you feel like you're going to lose whatever skills that you've had with the one that you've been labbing the most with. Right. Has it has it has it felt weird trying to pick up other characters? And are you playing any uh, online battles? Um, I've done a couple online battles. There was a tower. Actually, there was a tower last night that was the Scarlet team battle. Um, yes. And I jumped on and, and did I, I played with about three different people before until one of us finally just gave up. And then the fourth <laughs> guy I teamed up with, we got super, super close and we both hit rematch and then we won. And it was great. So this feeling was like, yeah, we got there. And like we got done. And then all of a sudden he sent me a message. It's like, that was good stuff. And I sent him back and I was like, dude, that was so much fun. And then it's like, this is just some rando that like we teamed up, you know, and did the, the team battle. But I haven't done a ton of ranked yet. Um, other than like the couple matches I've done live on stream for Xbox. I'm actually streaming again on Friday. Um, oh, nice. so I'll probably jump in and play some online, which I really want to like learn and lab, uh, you know, at least get some bread and butters down for Centurion before I jump into that stream. Uh, so I have oh, to I wanna hug you because you said bread and butters. <laughs> I want to hug you. Oh my God. You understand me? Cause I grew like, I grew up playing fighting games. I actually grew up, uh, next to arcade video 94 and arcade infinity in Roland Heights, California. Like I was, I grew up where, you know, Alex Vai and his crew grew up. And it's weird because, like, those were down the street from my parents' house. I had to walk to those arcades. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where I've always been in the fighting game industry since I was a kid. I was never a public figure. I was never, you know, I would just go and hang out in the back and watch, right? I never made friends. I never trained. I just played fighting games to play them. I never played them to, to train. Um but I, you know, I'm digging it. I actually host fight nights at my house uh, about once every other month. It's and it's specifically for my friends that love fighting games but don't want to get crushed online. <laughs> so like we, I'm like come. So we come over. We all get together. We order pizza or Chinese food or whatever, and we just button mash all night, right? You know. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And there's a couple of people that are better at some games than others. Like we have one guy that's really good at uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, and the rest of us aren't that great at it, but we can hold our own. Um, yeah. You know, and and it's just something that we sort of started doing. And every time a new fighting game comes out, we usually get together and just, you know mash buttons, and it's a ton of fun. They they can play the game without feeling the pressure of needing to jump online and. and and having to be good oh that's so good i mean it's one of those weird things because it's like i know that i am very competitive 
especially because I love fighting games and it was like raised on fighting games and, and all that stuff. And I know that I don't currently have a lot of people that I can like in, in real life lab with because there's just like folks who just don't want to play at that competitive yeah. kind of level. Yeah. Um, so that's great to hear that you have like a, a, a bunch of folks that like you'll rock with and, and do that stuff uh, you get, offline. You, that's dope. You got to hop on the train and come up to Seattle. I'm not that far. It's a three hour drive. You just come up oh, and, true. And, and, and chill with us one night on our next fight night. Here's the deal. I know PAX West. Maybe we can get some games into PAX West. It's always hard because it's like it's during a show. Well, it's during a show. So and it's, not, so I was it's, like, yeah, I'll see you like in the lobby of the Sherrington. And then, you know, you and I both get, you know, press invites to certain things. Right, and we're like, all right, well, now we gotta go to the PUBG party or the Apex Predator yeah. party. We gotta do all these things. So, like, we say that, but it, it, it may not happen. I need, I need, I need games. I need the games company to sponsor the show, right? So I can get one of those games cases, so I can carry my Xbox and my my PS4 to the hotel. Right. I'll just be in the W. I'll just be in the lobby in the W, and then just battle people right there and be like, "Yo, you come here. Let's, <laughs> let's get, let's get these, let's get this two out of three on real fast." <laughs> I'm in. I'm in that would be the, that would be so that would be so fire i can't even front on that that would be so good do, do you like the the tournament scene in terms of like viewing that stuff i know i know you know uh a lot of the competitions are now ramping up i know um uh what they just had the one in seattle northwest northwest um, majors northwest majors just happened um, I know Combo Breaker out in Chicago is going to be happening soon. And then, of course, Evo later on oh, in the man. year. Do, do you watch do. all that stuff? I do. Actually, I went to Northwest Majors because they have spectators are free or you can pay 20 bucks for casuals. Um, and so nice. I, I was doing the adult thing. Right, I had just gotten uh, my new job because I had been out of work. You know, after the Twitch show imploded, uh, you know, my wife uh, had been out of work for a while. She had quit her job last year, uh, mid last year, so that she can focus full time on writing her novel, which she kickstarted successfully. Um, and uh, I was like, all right, like I'm back at work. We're making some money. Let's let me pay down some of this debt. Let me pay down some of this credit card. Let me pay the bills, pay the mortgage. Great time to register for Northwest Majors because it came out the week. Uh, Northwest Majors happened the week of Mortal Kombat launch. So it's like I'm going to register right. for Mortal Kombat, right? Because I'll be relatively even with some of the other players. Um, and uh, <laughs> I went to register and I was like, oh, you're too late. And you missed registration. And I was like, Oh, nuts. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? But I went I went and did casuals and hung out with some of the local Seattle guys that I know uh, from, from when I worked on Killer Instinct. Um, but no, yeah, I watched all that stuff. I came home. I was like, hey, I got it. Like, I came home and turned on grand finals. Uh, I took my I took my two year olds yeah. uh, to the Sunday championships and we walked around and he got to watch uh, a bunch of the different matches. So, yes, I do watch those. I've been to Evil once and I want to go back so very badly because it's so cool. I really want to go. Oh, Is it's it? amazing. The the two things that I that I think fans should go to if they love fighting games are Evo and CEO in Florida. I'm dying to go to CEO. Because well, so Jabali has has Jabali oh. has matched wrestling and fighting games in such a great and unique experience i want to go to ceo so badly i worked with jibaley when uh, he was on ki and he was one of the yeah. best dudes i'd ever worked with he was so open to feedback he was so like always willing to share his his advice and his opinions um love jibaley to death he was one of the, the greatest dudes to work with and i've always wanted to go to ceo but it's one of those things where it's like I don't like to travel to events unless a company's paying for me to go because I can't just go out traveling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you though. It's it's hard. Like CEO CEO is like I'm luckily going to nice. Evo this year. Oh, it's so fun. You're gonna have I, a blast. 
because I've talked a whole bunch of crap like for the past four years. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Evo one year. Nah, 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 nah. And I was like, just pay the just pay the money and go and figure it out. I'm on I'm on the, the closer coast yeah, this, this yeah. time around. So it's not a far trip from Portland down to, to Vegas. And I'm so hyped for it. But CEO really is the one thing that I feel like I'm dying to go to because of all that spectacle that Jabali yeah. has figured out how to add into it. And it's been so cool to watch oh, him yeah. grow in that space and like build that thing up. It's like my old New York heads know about Yo. Too Spooky and those cats. And it's always been a huge thing about uh, uh, battle battle circuit and all that Spooky stuff. He was here for none of those um, majors. He was competing. Yeah, he was competing. He's a he's a cat that I really want to like get yeah. with in chat because it's like what one we have the New York connection and two he is like such a wealth of knowledge. It was really good to see the folks over at No Clip do that uh, that uh, documentary oh, yeah, with yeah, them yeah, yeah. so that they yeah and I was just like oh man I'm so jealous because those cats are like really the foundation of all the good stuff that we see now in terms of video game fighting video games being broadcast and, and televised yep. in the way that they are. They were the folks who put that stuff on the map and they really do not get the credit that they, they rightfully deserve. Um, but that's dope that you got to go to Northwest uh, majors and stuff and, and rock over there. That's dope. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not that far from where I live. Right. And then this year it was, it normally it's down uh, a little bit further South, uh, closer to Tacoma. Um, I say closer to Tacoma. It's actually not still a way, like an hour out from Tacoma, <laughs> but it's definitely further south than I normally enjoy driving to. But this past year it was just at the GameWorks in Seattle. I was like, yeah. that's a super short drive for me. I'll, I can go there. Oh, I was like, plus fantastic. if my kid gets bored, I can just walk him around and sit him in front of an arcade game and he'll think he's playing. <laughs> Daddy hacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. like, oh, like he's two. He don't know what's going on. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh my God. Do you have any favorite players? Any favorite combatants? Uh, you know, I to, to to save the innocent, you don't want to talk. You don't want to call. No, I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty of dudes I like watching. Like I, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Daigo. Like Daigo is just, yeah. you know, he's just he's he's the beast. You know, it's he does things. We've got a lot of really good local Seattle. I was thinking, like, trying to think of like who are not my friends. <laughs> yeah, we got, some, we got some good local Seattle. One of the people who um. I love watching because they are another person that like embodies wrestling and and uh, and fighting games is K Brad. Like, yeah, K Brad's a wrestler. K Brad's a total wrestler that does these things, and like I love watching uh, his his persona when he's when he's on these streams. Um, yeah, that a lot of people have a ton of respect for. Like Justin Wong, I have to work with him a little bit for Killer Instinct. Um, you know, he's somebody that I think does does really well. And then we've got a bunch of local Seattle dudes that are uh, Seattle and Northwest uh, guys that I've just become friends with. Um, and while they're not like huge names, they're people that do really good. Brandon Alexander out of Chicago, uh, Quake Viking. He used to be Xbox mm. Viking. Um, he, he, he was so fond of Killer Instinct that he created the Killer Instinct World Cup and like put on this giant, uh, this massive venue uh, for the for the love of the game, right? And he's he's somebody he's he's like i joke he's like the fgc santa claus he's like yo if my players <laughs> need to get somewhere i'm gonna send them um and he he owns an arcade out in texas and he's just he's just a great dude that's awesome i didn't even know that xbox viking was was doing that kind of stuff oh that's yeah. Awesome. yeah that's crazy oh that's nuts um i was gonna ask a question that almost ran out of my brain okay here it goes uh what are some of the games that you're super looking forward to coming down the line 
I'm trying to think of games that I that I publicly know about versus privately know about. That is the hardest yes. part yes. about being a CM. Is DMs and PR folks have the best ability to keep a secret than anybody else on the planet. Because I'm like, wait, what is announced? What's not announced? Like, I'm going to take one of the think, easy ways. Think E3. Right? Yeah. Think E3 stuff that's not talked about yet. One of the easy ways out, of course, is uh, Ori and Will-O-Wisp. That game is beautiful, and uh, I I cannot wait for that, uh, even though it's a yes. game that I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, Rage 2 uh it looks oh, great man uh w- the game we literally know nothing about star wars uh the jedi that was a fallen empires uh yeah, yeah, got yeah. Announced. fallen order, fallen I think order. yeah there yeah star wars jedi fallen order like so you know there's there's it's one of those things where it's like i know there are games coming out and i know that we're also in that sort of really weird space where uh we're sort of being quiet because next month, right? Ask me, ask me next month when E3, when yeah. everyone's like announced <laughs> their stuff. Cause right now it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Oh, we're not really announcing anything because we're saving all of our announcements for, you know, for E3. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, man, I can't even, I can't even think of like any other fighting games that are coming out that I'd be really excited about. Cause we just had Soul Calibur six at the end of last year. We just got Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. We're not going to see a Mortal, a Marvel versus Capcom anytime soon. So I don't even know what we got coming down the pipeline. Yeah. I can't really think of anything that hasn't either already been announced or just isn't announced yet, but we'll get to see after E3. Well, here's a good MK question to end out the, the conversation about fighting games. If there was, a fighter that you could have in MK that is not in the game now, what character from past Mortal Kombat or any other game would you like to see in that universe? I used this joke not too long ago. A buddy of mine is a is a he's a writer and a game designer for tabletop games. He worked on Dungeons and Dragons, and he's actually creating a Mortal Kombat essentially a D based on the mortal Kombat universe and he oh. and he was like mike who would you play and i joked i would either want to be meat or mocap <laughs> <laughs> that's so good and that's so good and, that's so, and so good. like i would love to see meat come back i would love to see mocap come back and be in mk not in mk11 how silly would they look like because they would try to make them look so realistic and it would be ridiculous <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that would be so good though it would really be fantastic it would, to see them it would. but in in his uh in the dnd i'm actually gonna be, i'm gonna be playing 90s johnny cage um because you know i i i embody that persona of 90s johnny cage <laughs> <laughs> oh now now i can't unsee that in my head it, now that's like never gonna go right? away i'm like all right i was like hey at the at the upside though at least we'll give johnny cage a little mexican flavor while we're at it so we can him in there and do that that'll be a good time that'll be fantastic I, I, I want that now i need that in my life for real for real oh mike we're about to get up out of here i again want to thank you so so much for coming through tonight super short notice i was just thanks for having me i'm glad we can make it work no i'm super excited that we were able to get you on and you came through with the goods <laughs> on all sides killing killing the podcast making it super dope if there are ways that folks can get in touch with you on the internet and the internet on the internet 
that is not a word. The internet is not Instagram and the internet mixed together because they are on the same thing. If there are ways for folks to reach out to you on the internet, how would luckily they I keep my stuff completely easy? I make I I make this joke. I make it easy for you to stalk me. I am the Microbless on Twitch, on Mixer, <laughs> on Twitter, on Instagram. Like you look up the Microbless, you will find me. That is fantastic. Super super dope. I'm excited for all the stuff that you and the rest of the Xbox crew have coming down the pipe. I know that I will be bugging you and seeing you all at the big show in June, uh, rocking at the, the Microsoft press conference and in other spaces and places down in LA. Again, Mike, thank you so much for coming through this week. Got to give you massive amounts of I love. Thanks, it. man. I appreciate, I appreciate you. It. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Don't make me cry on this, on this one's recording. I want to also, before we get up out of here, give a huge shout out to all of our wonderful folks over at Riot. Uh, the riot walkout happened uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, we got our hands and, and fists raised in the air for them because uh, they are definitely putting their best foot forward and making sure that their thoughts and ideas are heard and that they are putting themselves in a good position for the future. So we always want to make sure that we're giving those folks some love and making sure that people who are standing up for themselves have the platforms and have the spaces to do so. So mad shout out to everybody who's involved with the, the riot walkout. Definitely got a, a, a hand and a fist pumped in the air for all y'all. So until next week, we will say peace. Check out the social media business before we get up out of here. And until then, peace. The Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say... Peace.